Hey gamers, this is Joe from When I'm Playing Now, and I have episode 113 of the podcast that was originally recorded on May 5th of 2016. Cinco de Mayo! Alright, some of the games I played for the week. Pathfinder Adventure Card Game. Pathfinder Adventures on my tablet. Well, my wife's tablet. Nippon, Millennium Blade, Stockpile, German Railroads, Blurry Card Kingdoms, of Seven Days to Die. Lots of stuff because of International Tabletop Day, although I didn't get to spend the full 24 hours down there. I also talk about a few of the games I want to play. Enjoy the episode. Hey gamers, welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now, and welcome to episode 113 of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. Hey, as always, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to whatimplayingnow at gmail.com. You can also join us on BoardGameGeek. We have a guild out there, and the guild number is 2440. Just do a search for What I'm Playing Now, and you can find us out there. On Twitter, just look for us at What I'm Playing Now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. On Facebook, you can just do a search for what I'm playing now. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign what I'm playing now podcast. And then, of course, our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. All right, let's jump into some of the games I played for the past couple of weeks. I'm sorry that I had to miss last week. There were a lot of things going around here besides trying to get ready for tabletop day. A lot of things going around the house here, but... um. We did get some gaming in these past couple of weeks, so let's see what I was able to get into. The last time my group had met up for the Pathfinder Adventure card game, Wrath of the Righteous Season, which we are bringing to a close, we actually finished 1-6-C Fate Hangs in the Balance, as well as 1-6-D Apocalypse World Wound, so that means we only have pretty much one more scenario to go as far as Scenario 6 goes, but then there is that one bonus scenario that they gave us that I think my group pretty much does want to try to complete. So we're going to try to do that, and I don't think we're going to be able to do that for a couple of weeks. I'm currently on call again for work, so it seems my weekend will be consumed working most of the time. So we're going to have to postpone that, I think, for a couple of more weeks until everybody is actually available, and then we'll be able to finish that up, and then we're going to be jumping into Rise of the Rune Lords. But let's talk about Rise of the Rune Lords for a little bit. One of the things that was released this past week on Android and iOS tablets was a little game called Pathfinder Adventures. This is a game, that, well, this is the digital version, basically, of the Pathfinder Adventure card game. This was put out by Obsidian Entertainment, I think, Obsidian Gaming, and they are a developer that has been working on this, wow, I know well more than a year, possibly two years. I can't remember when their Kickstarter actually was. So it was really nice to actually see that this had actually been released it had taken them quite a while, but I will say that so far I have spent pretty much this whole past weekend since I wasn't able to go down to my game store for the full 24 hours of tabletop day this past week, which we'll get to in a little bit. I wasn't able to do that, but I did actually get to spend quite a bit of time then at home with Pathfinder Adventures. I actually spent the $24.99, I think it is, to actually unlock the whole Rise of the Rune Lords set that included all six scenario packs, as well as the character add-on deck, as well as unlocking all of the characters in the game, which is kind of cool, because when you start off, you pretty much only have access to kind of what the base game gives you in that box set that you would get normally for like 50 or 60 bucks. So you, um, and, well, actually probably less than that, because you only have access to two actual characters at the beginning, 
And then only three of those kind of like introductory scenarios that they kind of like give you, which really aren't even part of the full adventure path, I don't think, in that first box set. They're kind of like more like tutorial ones. So I had played through those multiple times. I think I finished them on the first two levels. I started it on the final level, which is extremely difficult uh, because they just make it that much harder. I haven't finished it on that level yet, but after purchasing the actual Rise of the Rune Lords complete whole set for that, I have played through the whole first scenario within that. I actually picked three characters that I'm playing. I'm playing with a druid, a thief, or a rogue, and... I believe, a paladin. I think I have a whole female crew that I'm actually playing this game with. And I will say, I actually made it through the final scenario part, or the, the sixth scenario in that um, first whole scenario set yesterday, last night, and it was rather tricky. It was That one actually took me a couple of times to actually get through before I was actually able to succeed at it. I haven't had anybody die on me yet, thank goodness. And I'm not playing with permadeath on either, although I may actually turn that on here if I can, because I think that'll just make it that much more challenging. I've pretty much just run out of time most of the times when I'm actually playing through the game. Uh, for some reason, it's just sometimes I just get stuck at a location and I'm not able to drill through the decks. And other times I'm able to close things out and have, probably have 20 blessings left in the deck. So it's it's a nice mixture. It it plays perfectly just like the adventure card game. If you're a fan of the adventure card game, or if you're just looking for something to to maybe just play around with a little bit, definitely try out the free version before you actually invest any of the money into it. You can unlock a lot of the characters and dungeons and scenarios by earning in-game gold. It will probably take you quite a while to actually earn enough to unlock everything. Hence the reason why I kind of just threw the money down and said, heck with it. I'm just going to actually purchase this now since I liked it. And I've been having a lot of fun with that game. So Pathfinder Adventures is probably my pick on my tablet for this week. And almost maybe for board games this past week because it was just a lot of fun. And I just had a great time with it. All right. So then the last time I was actually down at my game store, I think it was probably last Monday, we actually got in a game of Nippon. Now, Nippon is a little game. Well, I don't know if I really want to say little game because this is definitely on the much heavier side as far as games goes. But it basically takes place in Japan. And what you're trying to essentially do is I would call it a worker placement game. And you're trying to go through and create kind of like a, a Japanese civilization almost. And it's taken place during the Industrial Revolution. Like I said, a lot, a lot, much, much on the, it's a game that's a lot, a lot on the heavier side and having only played it one time, I pretty much started, the game pretty much started to click for me, probably as we got close to the end of the game. There is one part of the game that's kind of area control that you're going to be using throughout the game is as you're producing different resources, you can ship those resources to different areas on the board and one of the things that the guys told me very early on, they said, do not neglect that because that is pretty much where you're going to get a majority of your victory points from. And I started off at the beginning of the game just trying to build up my resources, build up my tracks for being able to get the coal, being able to get gold. And I just built all of my resources up extremely high right off the bat. Middle to end game hit, 
And after the first round of scoring, I sat back and was basically in last place and thought, okay, I did not pay attention to what these guys had told me. And I instantly tried to switch gears, but it was too little too late. And I just could not catch up to the score that both of my opponents were generating. I still, they both, they said I actually did really good for the first time because I was able to, towards the end, pull out quite a bit of points, but it wasn't enough to um, even come close to what they were doing since they had some pretty good scoring for the whole three rounds that, um, or the three, the three different scoring rounds, I believe that there were in the game. Uh, but Nippon is definitely a game that I want to see at the table again. This is a game that I've actually, uh, been seeing quite a bit played down at my local game store. It had been played several times when I wasn't down there. I was lucky, very lucky that I was able, that it was actually put to the table again when I was down there this last time. So I was kind of stoked that I got to play it. But if you have not had a chance to check out Nippon, definitely check that one out. Uh, Millennium Blades, I was able to get in on the next day. One of the guys I used to play Dice Masters with, Matt Vanek, I actually had him on the show once before from Digression 3D. That was many, many episodes ago. He got a hold of me and said he was picking up Millennium Blades, was wanting to know if he wanted to meet up with um, him and a buddy of his to actually play through a game. I jumped at that immediately since I had only gotten in one game of Millennium Blade so far, and that was my second game. I was really enjoyed that one. So I got down there. Matt actually bought the game at that time. I was hoping I wasn't going to have to actually run home to my house to actually get the game and then head back up to the game store. But he was actually purchasing a copy from the game store at that time. So we sat there while we were waiting for his buddy to show up, and we actually kind of put together all his money and we started going through some of the cards and opening everything up and then started setting up the cards. We went through a quick overview of the rules. We played through the the tournament that you do at the beginning of the game. So we really only had two rounds of full play game through since we did the introductory tournament while we were kind of teaching those guys how to play since they had not played the game before. And we had a great time. I really enjoy Millennium Blades and have been having a really good time with it both times that I played it. I actually uploaded, I think I had mentioned before, I had created some actual card dividers that I was using in some cardboard boxes, and I actually uploaded that file to BoardGameGeek. It looks like several people have already downloaded that since it was uploaded pretty much just yesterday. It was getting a pretty good download count on it already. I think over 30 people had downloaded it already. And what I had actually done, I removed my cards from the cardboard boxes as I was kind of tired of carrying around the extra boxes. And I wanted to consolidate everything. So with a lot of the little plastic baggies I had gotten in a couple of weeks ago, I actually was able to put the dividers into the little plastic bags along with the cards individually. So you can pretty much see right at a glance what each card set is, either by looking at the card or by looking at the card divider, which just by chance happened to fit perfectly in the little baggies I had, which I was very excited about. So I now have the whole set pretty much bagged up into little baggies, so it'll be really easy to find everything and put everything back away. The money I kind of have stacked in there, and I pretty much have everything right in the box that fit perfectly. The one thing I did a little bit differently for the actual core deck that they actually give you for the game was I put that into a small plastic maybe like 100 count so um, little plastic card container that I used to use for Dice Masters. I actually had to pull some Dice Master cards out of there and set those aside uh, since I had pretty much all of my plastic containers in use. And I'll have to find another place to put those um, Dice Master cards now. I think I have a couple of empty boxes over here that those can go into, which will not be a problem. But we played through a game of Millennium Blades. Everybody liked the game. And I kind of really felt bad because towards the at the end of the game, 
Matt was pretty much just ready to go. He said, just throw all the cards in the box. And I kind of just sat there and just grimacing as we were just kind of just picking up the cards into big stacks and not sorting them out. And my OCD kind of just came through and I just could not believe he was doing that. So I need to get a hold of him and actually see how the card sorting went for him and how he actually divided them up. Um, I believe there was one other person that was on Board Game Geek. Somebody had asked for um, the card dividers. That's why I had actually uploaded the file. And then I believe somebody else was actually creating like full art color card styles or card dividers, which was way above and beyond what I had just done with my small text. Because I had basically just done, I think I had mentioned before, I had just created an Excel spreadsheet out of all the different card decks, which I actually copy and pasted right from the designers post from what all the different decks were and I think there was actually one deck that they had that they had um, named early on I believe that they changed the name for in the final game which I went through and then edited in my word document and I kind of just did a merge onto the custom a uh, custom label size which is how I did mine and then printed them out and um, did a quick lamination on them which my the laminator that I got about a month ago or so from Amazon I have just been using a lot my wife has even been getting a lot of use out of it too so Millennium Blades, great game. If you haven't played that one yet, definitely need to check that one out. And the funny thing was the owner of the store came over while we were playing Millennium Blades. And it was really crazy for a Tuesday night because Tuesday night, I think, is when we used to play Dice Masters. And there used to be maybe just about maybe five to ten Dice Master people up there along with five or so people who were playing Android Netrunner. But at that point, the, the night we went up there, we were playing Millennium Blades. We had a table kind of like right in the middle of everybody. We were surrounded by Magic the Gathering people. And then the Netrunner people were off to the side. And the owner came over and he said, you guys do realize you're playing this game surrounded by all these Magic people. And we kind of just sat there looking around and just laughing, which was extremely funny to us at the time. And kind of crazy because I don't know when Magic basically became almost a nightly occurrence down at the game store. But um, luckily Monday and Thursday, they haven't invaded board game night yet. So I'm just, I'm just happy and thankful for that one. So then this past weekend, there was international tabletop day. I was actually slated to run a 24 hour stream for my game store, which I had to apologize profusely to the owner for that. I was not able to do my mother-in-law had gone into the hospital on Thursday so between trying to juggle my wife and her being in the hospital, as well as our dog, I pretty much was only able to make it down to tabletop day during the day. I got down there, I think around eight in the morning and then left around four in the afternoon. So I was pretty much down there for the, for the full day. And I didn't want to be down there any longer, mainly because of the dog being alone. And then my wife texted me during the day saying that her mom was getting released from the hospital. So I also couldn't stay because of that because I need to be home to help her get her into the house and get everything situated with that aspect. So we only got in, I only got in a few games on tabletop day. One of the games was stockpile, which I've had a lot of fun playing. We've only played, I think we only had played stockpile one or two other times. And this time we actually played with the, the more advanced side of the board. Everybody picked an actual character that they were playing as. And I think I had actually won this game. Uh, towards the end of the game, I had a couple of stocks that were actually split, and one guy actually had played a stock boom, which actually split the stock again, and I had several of them, so I was I had collected like 20,000 a couple of turns right in a row just for having these stock splits, which I was just sitting there like, just yes, yes, just racking up 20,000 every time that stock kept splitting, and I think it was one of the 
one of the ones that had a shorter line on the game board. So it was actually splitting very easily. And I was playing as the character. I can't remember his name, but on my turn, I was actually able to take a stock up or down. So I was usually trying to push that stock up and keep it from bankrupting. There were a couple of times where it did come close to bankrupting, but I was able to keep it out of there. So I didn't actually lose that stock. And then towards the end, when I totaled everything up, I had a, a pretty nice amount of money summed up. So really enjoyed that game. The second game we had played on Tabletop Day was a little game called German Railroads, which I've talked about quite a bit. But I will say for some reason, and I don't know why, I had a horrible game of German Railroads. I just could not get anything started. No matter what I tried to do in that game, I just couldn't get any sort of engine going. No pun intended there, <laughs> since it's more of a train game. But um, I just couldn't get anything going in this game. And I had played, I've played R Russian Railroads and German Railroads quite a bit. And I don't know if I was just having an off day for that particular game or what. But like I said, no matter what type of strategy I tried to use, nothing just seemed to be working for me. I just couldn't, I just couldn't get my rails built out. I, I actually, the middle rail in that game, I actually did build out the whole way, which actually got me, I think, 10 points, which was, that was one of the first times I'd actually ever done that. But as far as being able to increase any of the other colored rails being the gray. I think I got the gray up to the point where I can get a second worker, but then the brown and then the beige ones, I just, they were, they were just non-existent for me for some reason. Anytime I tried to get anything near being able to play those, those spots had already taken. We were playing a four player game and I think this is another one of those games kind of like Rococo where I don't know if I like playing with a full amount of people because it just seems that it just really limits what you're able to do. So definitely German Railroads is definitely a game that I like. If you haven't ever played German or Russian Railroads, definitely start out with Russian Railroads and then go to German. Uh, Russian is a great place to start. German is the expansion, which does add on quite a few things into the game like coal and a couple other outlying type of um, pieces that you can add into the game. So definitely start out with Russian Railroads before you jump into German. But um, I can guarantee if you like worker placement games, this is one that's definitely on the top of my list as far as worker placement games that I do like. And then after that, I had several people who wanted to learn and play Valeria Card Kingdoms. So, of course, I cannot say no to that. I was able to pull that game out. We played with a full table of, I think we had five of us actually playing. And this was, I think, possibly the first time I've actually played a five-player game of Valeria. Normally, we play four players. And... I could have played five player before. I just don't remember it. The first round we actually went around the table. We weren't actually using the rest token, which I noticed immediately because everybody was gaining resources right away that first turn. And I said, hang on, something looks wrong. And I looked up in the rules and I go, that's right. We forgot the resting token. So when it got back to the first person, we then started using that. So, but it still seemed that towards the end of the game with five people and having to get 10 of the exhausted cards onto the table, Everybody just had a ton of resources. I mean, we were literally out of resources towards the end of the game. There were even no more times five, times 10, 10 multipliers left. We were trying to just use a token, set it on top of a times five and say, I have several times five of these. And the amount of resources we had were just, it was more than I think I had ever seen in that game before. And it was just crazy. Everybody was just like, is this how it normally is? And I go, that's the first time I've ever seen that many resources. But one other thing I happened to notice was that everybody was taking a good mixture of things. Nobody was really concentrating on any one particular 
card per se that was in the middle of the tableau. So nobody was really concentrating on monsters. Everybody was just working all across the board on all the different monster decks. Nobody was concentrating on particular citizens. It seemed that everybody was just taking from citizens everywhere and not really just, we weren't really running out of them as fast as I thought we would. And as far as domains, people were just taking from all across the different domain stacks and weren't really exhausting any of the individual stacks individually. So this is probably the most balanced game that I could say that I think I've ever played with Valeria, where it comes to in regards to people just taking cards from across all the different piles that are in the center of the table, rather than trying to concentrate and possibly end the game sooner, which I've actually seen some people use as a strategy before, once they build up their own tableau and their resources. So it was really interesting to see that I think I was the only person that had actually played the game before, and all of the four people were new to playing the game. So it was just interesting seeing new players actually play kind of like in a way I'd really never seen played before. And just the game just went, I don't want to say the game lasted too long, but I was surprised at how long the game actually did last just because there was just such a good spread of cards distribution taken from across that center tableau. So Larry Card Kingdoms, Definitely need to check that one out if you never have. I've talked about that game extensively on several podcasts, done a really great review on it several podcasts ago, so check that one out. But um, I wanted to hit base on that one just a little bit since it was, since I did play it as a five player, and like I said, since it was kind of like a game that ended up a little bit differently than I had actually ever seen before. So that was pretty much it for Tabletop Day. I really hadn't done much besides that. Um, and then I said, like, on the weekend, I had done a lot of Pathfinder adventures. But then I had also played quite a bit of Seven Days to Die. I had finally hit Day 21, and I'm actually almost up to Day 28 right now in the game. But I hit it Day 21 um, probably last Saturday. And I don't think I had ever reached a Day 21 before in this game. And I, I've talked about it before. Basically, every seven days, a new... Horde spawns that basically comes after you at your base and kind of just tries to annihilate you. But the day 21 spawn, I don't think I really had ever watched a video of anyone going through a day 21 spawn. Or else I possibly would have done something a little... I, what I would have done differently, I don't know. Because I tried to be prepared. But I was in no way prepared for what had come at day 21. There were new zombies that I had never seen before. There were so many zombies, I literally think it took me till day 23 till I had actually defeated all of them. I don't even know how many times I'd actually died. I think before this, I had only died a couple of times in the game. But on this day 21, I just was dying repeatedly. I just, no matter what I did, they had destroyed several of the biggest and heaviest doors that I could find to put on some of my place. Now, they broke through my walls. I would say probably half of the wooden walls that I had up were destroyed. I have now replaced a good quarter of those with brick that I've been able to create. Um, and it was just completely, completely insane. One of the big, one of the other disappointing things besides taking two days to clean up that whole horde was I actually made it back to the one town that I had found a couple of weeks ago where I was running around and found uh, a police station. And I was kind of hoping to find a lot of good things in this police station, maybe like weapons or bullets and ammunition. And I really found very little in the police station. I, I was surprised at how little I actually found. I mean, I, I found a few pieces to some guns in the one gun safe, but as far as actually 
finding maybe like a whole set of, you know, a nice, great round of bullets and ammunition, it just wasn't there. So I don't know if I just had a really bad spawn and was just really unlucky in that case, but I was really bummed out when it came to that point. So I've learned quite a bit of new recipes as well. I still have yet to be able to create the mini bike, even though in one car I did find a small engine, which I think that's the first time I have an engine. So I have a lot of the components to make the mini bike. I just don't think I know how to do it yet. I've also actually been able to piece together a few weapons and guns, which I really have never been able to do before. So, and I've actually created, um, started crafting ammunition as well, which is something I've never done before. So I am reaching parts of the game that I've never experienced before. And Every time I play that game and just log back into it, I'm just having a lot more fun with it. So that's just a really, really fun game that I'm having a lot of fun with. So those are the games I played for the week. But let's jump into a few of the things I'd maybe like to play coming up. One of the things I noticed that Plaid Hat had mentioned on Facebook and out on Twitter today was Seafall, which is the new game from Rob Davio, which is going to be a legacy type game and it's a 4x game i believe is what this game actually is is actually going up for pre-order today on their website and if you actually pre-order from their website i think the game is like 80 dollars. you will actually get an upgrade to free coins they're going to give you 100 free coins which are actually selling separately on the website for about 40 dollars. so just from pre-ordering from their website you're actually getting those coins so i actually may have to go out there tonight and actually place an order on the Plaid Hat Games website because getting 100 free gold coins with that game sounds like a no-brainer. I'm really interested in this game. I really haven't seen any videos or too much talk about this game. It seems like they're trying to keep a lot of the gameplay hidden. I think since it is a legacy game, but a pirate or a ship type game that sounds kind of like what this is is something I've really been interested in playing. I was kind of hoping to maybe play Merchants and Marauders down at Tabletop Day. One of the guys said he actually brought his copy, but I didn't get to play it. One of the other things I was kind of hoping to play on Tabletop Day would have been Blood Rage, but I didn't get to play that either. So I'm thinking Seafall may be the seafaring adventure game that I've been looking to possibly play. So I have a feeling I'm definitely going to be placing a pre-order for this one. There's also a new game that's coming out. It's another 4X game, and it's called Heroes of Land and Sea. I believe this one is being put out by, it's being put out by Gameland Games, Games, and it's from designer Scott Alms. This one sounds interesting too. When you read the actual description that's out on Board Game Geek, it's basically a 4X game where you have humans, orcs, dwarves, elves, battling kingdoms, and a whole bunch of other things. And the first thing that comes to mind when I kind of read through that whole description was Blizzard Entertainment Games Warcraft. The original Warcraft that was an RTS, it almost sounds like that's what they're doing with this game. And if that's what that's, this game actually is possibly portraying in just the smallest sense, I will be all over this like you would not believe. That sounds amazing. I think a Warcraft type of game that is 4X like this would be something that would be super cool, a lot of fun, and something that I would just be, when it hits Kickstarter, I will be pledging for that one immediately. Then there was another little game that I heard coming out, a little game called Codenames Pictures. If people haven't seen that, I know there have been some pictures of the game actually floating around the internet. So if you haven't seen or played actual, the original Codenames, check out Codenames Pictures, which is going to be coming out soon. And it looks like it's basically just codenames, but instead of words, you're going to be using pictures. 
I don't think you can go wrong with that one because Codenames is an outstanding game as well. I've talked about that in several podcasts as well. And then there was one other little game called Charterstone. This is another legacy game, but this one's being put out by Stonemeyer Games, and it's designed by Jamie Stegmeyer. This one sounds really interesting as well. If you go out to Board Game Geek, you can find the little description out there. St- Stonemeyer Games putting out a legacy game. I I don't I don't know what to say. I mean, I don't think every game I've played of theirs I've enjoyed. So. As far as I'm concerned, if this one's going to be up on Kickstarter or pre-orders for, this is another one that's just going to get my money instantly, and I will just wait to play this one because I have a feeling it will probably just be another great success for them. So that is about it for this week's podcast. Thanks for joining me. Hopefully next week I will be back with a lot more games played. I know one of the things I'm supposed to be doing tomorrow is heading down to my game store and starting up our Baseball 2045 Summer League. So I don't know what other board games I'm going to be able to get in besides that one, especially since I am on call for work this week and I know my whole weekend's full. So we had to push back our Pathfinder meetup, which we were hoping to do this weekend and finish up possibly till two weeks out is I don't think there are a couple of guys who are available next week. So hopefully we can get that all finished and done with. But like I said, those are the games I played for the week. Those are the games I want to play. And as always, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. Join us on our board game Geek Guild, which is 2440. Just do a search for what I'm playing now on Board Game Geek. You'll find us there. On Twitter at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G. On Facebook, just do a search for what I'm playing now. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign what I'm playing now podcast. And then, of course, our Twitch channel which was live on Saturday for Tabletop Day for a good eight hours, is twitch.tv, such what I'm playing now. And I did get a couple of new people who were following me on there. So I definitely need to get out there and start playing some more video games on our Twitch channel, which I've just been completely ignoring, and I greatly apologize for. But hey, like I always say every week, don't forget, go play some games and then let me know what you're playing now. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.